Wrestling fans, and welcome to another week's edition of Dork Side of the Ring. It's the podcast where your nerdy obsession with professional wrestling is not only tolerated, it is celebrated. I am Matt Marbury, and with me at the table, as he always is, Adam Tollefson. What I'm about to say won't sound respectful, but it is respectful. You're sitting here, another wannabe challenger or pretender to Big E's throne. You're going to leave here another challenger pretender to the throne. Come back here in a couple weeks with the title like a man. I have no idea what that was. It's a really good promo. Sounded like Paul Heyman. But. By Paul Heyman to Apollo Cruz, where he actually goes into, they bleep it, and I can only think he says, you wouldn't let this person at your house and fuck your wife, would you? Like, like, oh, shit. Because they just, they bleeped out like a whole sentence. And uh, at the beginning, I almost used the beginning of it because he goes, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, and if you want to deck me at the end of it, that's fine. <laughs> and then he just does like three minutes of how Apollo's a dumbass, basically, and he needs to get his shit together. And wow. Apollo didn't do shit. Oh, come on, Apollo. Yeah. He, he knew Paul was speaking the truth. Yeah, he did. I, I <laughs> forgot. Um, there was something funny that I wanted you to. That was, every week when I, when I listen or watch wrestling, I always like, I wonder what you're going to pick out. But I didn't watch SmackDown, so that's kind of scrounging. Is that what it was I, on SmackDown? I think it was even on Talking Smack. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I like those shows. I do too. They're pretty fun, actually. Pretty... And I do like the cheating on. Uh, you kind of get the gist of everything without having to waste you three do. hours of real life. I did waste three hours on <laughs> Raw this week. FYI, <laughs> saw a lot of two timers then, huh? Yeah, it was weird. It was a very weird one. We'll get into that later. But anyways. As we record the show tonight, it is January 13th, 2021, and on this day in pro wrestling history, 1986, you and me are five years old at that point, Adam, the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers, defeated the Sheep Herders for the vacant Mm -hmm. AWA Southern Tag Team title in Memphis, Tennessee. The title was vacated on December 30th when Jerry Lawler, who held the title with Austin Idol, lost a Loser Leaves Town match to Bill Dundee. Mm. I like the sheep herders. Dude, you hear stories about Bill Dundee and how much of a just badass that guy was. I don't know oh, if really? I've ever seen him work or... Me neither. It's something that I want to look into. 1989, in the third of six title changes between these two men over 13 months... Chris Benoit defeats Johnny Smith to win his third Stampede British Commonwealth mid-heavyweight title, ending Smith's third reign. Ah, the crippler. I wonder if he's any relation to Davy Boy Smith, though. Because mm. Davy Boy would have worked up there with Stu and them, I would, I would assume. Yeah, I'd assume that, too. It's possible. Uh, 1990, Chris Chavis, best known as... Blank in the WWF. Chris Chavis is... I didn't get this one either. Tatanka. Oh, wow. He wrestles his debut match against Joe Thunderstorm for Larry Sharp's World Wrestling Alliance in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, He was trained by Sharp at this Monster Factory Wrestling School in New Jersey. Read those two names again and tell me which one has a Native American gimmick. (laughs) 
What? Chris Chavis or Larry? Oh, Joe Thunderstorm? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they both do. Could be. Maybe it was like the Iroquois versus the Sioux. We Man, don't know. Could have been a war. <laughs> Good shit, Adam. 1993. WCW holds its 22nd Clash of the Champions event at the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nice. The show aired live on TBS, earning a 2.9 rating. It was the last Clash event for Jim Ross as he would leave shortly after for the WWF. So he debuts at WrestleMania 9 about two months from now. In a toga? You get goddamn right. <laughs> you goddamn right. Is this some kind of rib? <laughs> Looks pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I'll wear it. Uh, a couple results from that show. Your boy, Vinny Vegas. Oh, yeah, Diesel. He beat Tony Atlas in an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Tony don't arm wrestle him, Tony. Yeah. That's exactly where I went in my head. <laughs> um, NWA and WCW World Tag Team Champions Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat defeat the Hollywood Blondes by DQ. It's a fun tag team. Yeah, man. Uh, and Cactus Jack, WCW United States Heavyweight Champion Dustin Rhodes, and Sting defeated Paul Orndorff, WCW Champion Big Van Vader, and Barry Windham in a Thunder Cage match when Cactus pinned Orndorff. Babyface Cactus. I wonder, um, I don't know what the, th- you think it was just a regular cage? Uh... They might the have, thunder cage. They might have acted like it was electric or something. <laughs> the stupid sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best part about that, the Chambers of Horror match you're talking about, is like there was like a big switch that Cactus was supposed to pull to like deliver the electricity to Abdullah. Yeah. And like midway during the match, it like falls down <laughs> and nothing happens. So when he gets up there, he has to like push it up first and then, and bring, then it. bring it down. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. Whoops. 2001, ECW holds an event at the Pine Bluff Convention Center in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. This would be the last show before the company declared bankruptcy on April 4th. The show was headlined by Just Incredible versus The Sandman. Last one, huh? Yep. Well, until Vince bails them out and brings it back. I got, yeah, that's WWECW. We don't talk about that. True. 2003. WWE Raw marks its 10th anniversary with an addition from Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. Uh, the main event, Chris Jericho defeated Batista, Kane, and Rob Van Dam in a battle royal. Every once in a while they would do this. It was like mini battle royals. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I'm not a real fan of them, but whatever. Uh, last eliminating Van Dam, Jericho earned the right to choose his Royal Rumble entry position by winning the match, mm. and he chose... Number two, because Shawn Michaels had already been declared number one. Oh, that Jericho. Yeah, that was a great time. I need to watch those. I don't I don't think I watched a bunch of him. So I wasn't suit. this is like the feud where he like shoot punches HBK's wife in the face. Yeah. On accident. Screws but. up his eye and stuff and well <laughs> that's Sean's his wife. eye. Didn't he throw him into the <laughs> You're talking about Sean's eye? Yeah, he throws Sean into the big um Jumbo screen, the Jumbotron, the Chris, the Jerichotron, right? Or yeah, something. The Jerichotron. The Jerichotron. Yeah. But I mean, his eye was already. Thumped, yeah. Right? yeah. This is, um, cause I wasn't watching during this time either, but listening to like Jericho's podcast and he's talked about this feud. 
I definitely went back and watched like their ladder match they had at SummerSlam. I don't know if I, you know, followed the feud, but it's damn good. From what I've heard, it's like one of the best feuds of all time. Yeah. 2010, Larry Keene, who wrestled professionally as Cousin Junior for the WWF and Moondog Cujo for the USWA, he passes away. Says that he had taken his girlfriend to the hospital in Kentucky and was later found outside sitting in his truck unconscious. Jeez. The belief is that Keene had suffered a heart attack while sitting outside in the truck. He was only 48 years old. Doesn't ring a bell to me, that, the name or anything. I remember the Moondogs. I remember hearing that name. Yeah, the tag team. Right. Um, 2010 also, WWE released Sergeant Slaughter and Ron Simmons. Damn. <laughs> Maggot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was fucking great. Slaughter had been working as a producer, and Simmons had been doing promotional work and making sporadic TV appearances. That's funny. I wrote down birthdays just because I didn't want to end on that, but uh, you spiced it up just fine. I could have have ended on that. Uh, Birthdays today. Mason Ryan, former NXT guy, uh, 39 years old. And Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo pimp, turns 40 today. I thought he was older than that. You did? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those where you're not sure. Like, sometimes I'm like, that guy looks fucking old. And then other yes. times I'm like, is that guy 28? I'm like, terrible with that, especially in New Japan. I'm just, yeah. I'm like, that guy's been around forever, right? No, 24. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> It's now time for the Retro Raw Review. Psycho Sid's dastardly attack on the 19-year-old son of Jose Lothario was meant to tear the collective hearts out of the entire Lothario family. But tonight, Shawn Michaels joins us live and kicking from San Antonio, Texas, the site of this Sunday's Royal Rumble. Brett. Hitman Hart set his sights on winning the Royal Rumble matchup this Sunday. But Stone Cold Steve Austin crazed obsession with the Hitman led to yet another assault just yesterday on WWF Superstars. Is the Hitman down for the count? We'll find out tonight right here on Monday Night Raw. All right, so here we are, the go-home show to the 1997 Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Texas, the Alamo Dome. They're trying to cram 70,000 people in that place. Um, it's a decent card for the night. They, they show it right up top. What's interesting is the first thing that stands out to me is when they, they're doing that little intro, they pan to a live shot of Shawn Michaels at, like, this primetime club. It's basically just a bar. Yeah. Um, but they show him like signing a t-shirt right in the beginning. Okay. The guy getting the t-shirt signed is fucking road dog. Really? It's fucking a hundred percent, uh, road dog, dude. It's fucking weird. I missed that. I seen all the, the randos around him and stuff. But- He's wearing like a, uh, like a silver shirt and he like, they, I don't know if it's like he hasn't been around long enough. Like we're not going to notice or yeah, whatever, but it was really weird. It is weird. Uh, we kick things off right away. Uh, it's a tag team match. Let me holla at you, player. Jerry Lawler and Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Goldust and Mark Marrow. Um, Honky Tonk Man is joining Vince for commentary. He's still scouting for the next greatest intercontinental champion. That's right. He is wearing uh, an airbrushed, bedazzled 
denim jacket yes. with like a patriotic theme. Like on one side it was uh Mount Rushmore and then the other side was a Statue of Liberty and there's all kinds of like bedazzled stars and airbrush shit going on. Yeah, it was an exciting jacket. It was something to behold, man. It was glorious. <laughs> I wonder where that is right now. Oh, you know he kept it. I know he did. Dude, Wayne's he keeps a got, lot of shit. I bet. I bet you would Every once closet. in a while he like puts a jumpsuit up for sale for like ten grand. Nobody buys it. <laughs> it's like I don't, <laughs> It's never like that iconic blue one that you want with that has him on like that uh retrofest figure has. Right. That would be something to have though if that was the case. I would get a fucking full size mannequin down here. Set him up like set the him king. up in the jumpsuit. Oh, that'd be fucking great. Um, Goldust is fired up for this match, man. He takes his jacket and wig off halfway down the aisle. And right off the bat, they go at it. Yeah, he slides in the ring, starts taking it to Helmsley. Um, I think it's funny. In the middle of the match, Vince asks Honky if he thinks Goldust has Hunter rattled. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? No. He goes, no, I think he will keep his cool, much like O.J. Simpson did oh, just yes. today on the witness stand. Yes, I did have that. I didn't know what the, the start of it was, but that's definitely in my notes. And Vince is like, no, 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 we don't want to talk about O.J. Simpson. I'm like, dude, uh, last WrestleMania, you used actual footage of the Bronco chase. For yes, the for the backlot, Piper, yeah. the Hollywood backlot brawl. But apparently now it's passe. <laughs> yeah. No, he'll keep his cool, much like OJ on the witness stand yesterday. <laughs> they get a ton of time in this match. Um, at one point I paused. I was like, how, how long is this going? It was like 14 minutes or something like that. It yeah, was it was fucking long. crazy. And then there's a certain part in that match where Lawler pulls out like knucks or something. Mm -hmm. And he actually whacks Merrill with it on the outside of the ring. But the commentators, like, don't say a word about it. Yeah. They like, just, they don't pick it up at all. They're talking about Sugar Ray Leonard or something. Yeah, There's and the <laughs> cameraman's trying to do his job. He's, like, panning up to Lawler's face, and Lawler's like, you didn't see nothing. Right. I don't got nothing. Yeah, and nothing. And they just didn't even <laughs> talk about it. It was really strange. Just because now, like, Vince would be like, God damn it. Say Mention something the about the knocks. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. It's It's funny when he's doing the job, the amount of, like, stuff they get away with or like or miss or repeat or yeah. say in two different voices <laughs> yes absolutely um the end of the match comes the referee is just completely losing control hunter ties up goldust in the ropes um or is tied up in the ropes i should say goldust keeps going like berserk and the refs like keeps like counting like he's gonna dq him but he does that once or twice, and then all of a sudden the bell rings, but the ref didn't call for the bell. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, did he just DQ, and then I didn't see him call for the bell because I, it was heard, really I heard weird. it. And then like Marlena's like, she heard the bell, so she's walking up the steps, and then there's a bunch of shit going on in the ring, so she like backs down. The, like yeah. Everybody looked very confused at the end of this match. Yeah, and then um, Goldust ends up clocking Marrow Yep, because he tries to kind of stop him. Right? Yep. It's weird, though. It was like... A very confusing end to a match, but I don't know. Disorganized. Next up, we get a pre-tape from Sid, who is standing in the middle of the Alamo Dome, an empty Alamo Dome. Quoting German philosophers. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he also, during his little promo, it got a little weird. He starts talking about, um, he basically starts talking about the arena, and he's like, in this section over here, 
this is where I heard you bought tickets for all your friends and family, and they're going to see you lose and all this stuff. And then he goes, and up there, Jose Lothario is bringing all the Mexicans <laughs> from Mexico. And I was like, are you, why do they got to sit in the bleeders, Sid? Like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> Jose runs this town. <laughs> it was so That was like, I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, after that, um, HBK has kind of a rebuttal. He's clearly, I wasn't, at first I thought he was reading it. Oh, that's what I wrote down too. I'm like, is he like looking at a prompter or someone giving him cues? Because a lot of times he's just. He's constantly looking off to the side. Yes. But then I was like, maybe there's just a monitor there. So like, hey, this is what's happening. You know, because there's, a, he's surrounded by a bunch of locals. That's true. It's loud. At so, one point, just like a Budweiser just comes in front of the camera. Yeah. Somebody holding on to it and, you know, wooing. It was really strange. I was like, I think he's reading. But then I was like, maybe he's just like checking a monitor to see how things look. I'm not sure. Or making sure the drunk people don't swarm him. <laughs> it, was, it was really strange. He starts cutting a promo on Sid. Like the gist of it was, the gist of it was he was going to make Sid shit out his own teeth. Yeah. That's that's the ballpark. Yeah, that's the cliff notes. <laughs> uh, back in the arena, Bret Hart is hobbling down to do commentary. Uh, they show footage from the previous day's superstars. Vince alluded to that in the opening. Um, Steve Austin took out the hitman and injured his ankle. And uh, Bret Hart's going to sit out here for match number two, which is British Bulldog, Bret's brother-in-law, versus Rocky Maivia. Um, I did think it was interesting as Rocky's making his way down the aisle. Uh, Brett says that he has never seen such a promising up-and-coming wrestler as Rocky Maivia. It's true. Nailed it. Um, Honky Tonk Man's still out there for commentary. He's actually out there for the whole episode because Lawler was in that match early on. Right. Um, Brett is pretty good on the mic here. He starts talking about how WWF is a lawless land, and that's okay with him. And he goes, <laughs> at one point he goes, I hope Steve's ankles or Steve Austin's knees are in good shape because they're going to be history if he, he steps gets in the, the ring, ring with me. me. Yes. <laughs> I also like Vince keeps like, um, it might be later when Owen comes out, but it, it, he kind of keeps badgering him about something and he's just like, I don't know. I'd like to get back to commentating. That's yeah. why I, wanna, I yeah. just want to commentate. No, that is when Owen comes out. Cause <laughs> yeah. he's like, just as he can't see the match or whatever. Right. I don't know, but it's funny. Uh, um, <laughs> I put, um, he also called the fact that Steve's knees were going to be history at some point. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Nostradamus hitman. Yes, dude. Uh, Bulldog and Rocky, they're having a pretty good match. Yeah, it was um, pretty good. Owen comes down to the ring and he just stands in front of Brett. He puts a slammy down on the table and then he just stands facing Brett. So back to the ring and Arms just cross and just watches him for like five minutes. I loved right off the bat. He's like, you know, what are you doing, Owen? Or something. He's like, that's my brother-in-law. And Brett goes, hey, he's mine too. <laughs> it was so fucking funny, dude. Um, at this point, the focus on the match is or is is off the match. It's more on the Hart brothers. Right. Um, eventually, a clothesline sends both men to the outside opposite the commentary desk, and that's when Steve Austin strikes. Takes out Bulldog's knee. Yep, and then drops him with a stunner. And because Owen was facing Brett, he doesn't see what happened. Uh, Brett's, like, trying to get around him. He's, like, pointing, and then <laughs> yeah. finally Owen sees it, and they, they chase off Austin. Uh, Rocky Maivia then gets the win via count out. He gets in the ring before the 10. Uh, then we go straight to match number three, which is the undertaker 
versus Crush, Nation of Domination Crush. The Jailbird. Ooh, he doesn't like that, Adam. He, like he does that. not. They made mention of that on commentary. He does, he does not like to be called a jailbird. <laughs> and then Honky's like, well, who would, Mac man? <laughs> um, before the match, they throw to the back for a word like from Farouk and Crush. And they go tight on Crush's face when he's asked about the upcoming match. And I get a good look at like his forehead tattoo. And it's like a series of triangles. and Yeah, the weird tat. Right. But I'm pretty sure... I don't think this is real. It's not a real tattoo, is it? No. But it seems like very like intricate to put to apply every match. Tell that to Hakushi. <laughs> no, I think those are like fucking I think they set him in front <laughs> I think they like had a, a piece of uh cardboard with just those Japanese characters cut out. And, just, and he just like stood in front of them and they're just like yeah, sprayed, sprayed it. it on. I don't know, something like that. But this thing is like a, uh, it doesn't look like a real tattoo because it looks like it was applied with like a cheap Bic ballpoint pen. Yeah, it looks like somebody drew it on. It's very, but you it's can, like a lot going on. Yeah, there is. But it looks shitty. You Did can, he get it in prison? Oh, maybe. What do you, what do you want from him? It's a, it's a jailbird jail tat. Now, if he, when he's in the DOA, if he has that tattoo. He doesn't. Okay. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I haven't checked it, but I I feel like I would remember it. Okay. That would be my deciding factor. Because he's bald at that point, right? And he's just got the goat, maybe? Mm, Mm, Maybe I'm wrong. We're going to have to do a tat check. (laughs) But I I think if he had... Because sometimes I'm like, it looks like it's wearing off. But then other times I'm like, no, it's still pretty prominent. I don't know. This is a lot of time we've just spent on Crush's tattoo. Inquiring minds. I don't know, man. (laughs) Uh... Oh, crap. They also throw uh, once more to a live shot of the bar that HBK was being interviewed from. Um, at the end, the camera kind of pans out, and you see Rocky Maivia walking with a blue suit on. Oh, really? And Vince just goes, hey, there's Rocky. And he's <laughs> just in the last match. So I thought that was very funny. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> hey, there's Rocky. Uh, back in the arena, finally for this main event, the Nation of Domination are making their way to the ring, and the Undertaker meets them in the aisle and starts just taking it to crush Runs off everybody except for Ron Simmons. He kind of sticks around. Kind of sticks around. There's a pretty awesome spot in the match where Undertaker's walking the ropes for like, well, they call it old school now, but at that point it was just one of his signature moves, right? Uh, but Ron or Farouk, sorry, shakes the rope and <laughs> drops Undertaker right on his nuts. Yes, like you've seen happen to many people before, but not Taker, but never him. No, like, that never happened. No, like once in a while you'd see a guy yank him off the rope and he'd just take a bump, you know, a back bump or whatever. Yes, but you never saw him never get saw almost embarrassed shot. where he just gets his fucking balls racked. <laughs> I like the pile driver by Crush, too. Yes. It was a brutal pile driver. He said, here's your damn jailbird. <laughs> now, these guys are, like, tight as tight as can be in real life. I think Crush was one of the BSK guys. That's right. Um, so, I think, like, this match, Taker doesn't usually let guys get a pile driver in on him. No. You know what I mean? Right. So, I think they're just boys, and he trusts Brian Adams to, to take care of him, I guess. Yep, but, that makes sense. Holy crap. That was a hell of a... <laughs> That was a hell of a pile driver. It was. The uh, the match, at one point, it's kind of just like plodding along. Uh, and then the camera shows Vader, who will do battle with Undertaker at the Royal Rumble. Yep. Uh, kind of just poking out near the entrance by the raw letters. 
Um, but then when they come back from break, he's gone. So I guess that was just a like, don't change the channel tactic. Right. Stick around. Still doing. It's fun. Trying to get them ratings. Because at this point, I'm almost certain Nitro's two hours. And I, Raw's still an hour. They're like jockeying yeah. to get more TV time at this point. Yes. So like trying people not to get the, cha- the channel change for at least that hour is like paramount. Um. <laughs> Eventually, Undertaker gets the upper hand and sets him up for the choke slam, but the whole nation of domination and Vader is somehow just like miraculously there. I didn't see him run down there. No, all of a sudden he was just in the ring. Yeah, he heads into the ring. They all start mugging Undertaker. Vader ends up hitting two Vader bombs when Ahmed Johnson hits the ring with two by four in hand to uh, attempt to make the save. But then the NOD beats him up too. Dude, the numbers like <laughs> swallow him whole right off the bat. Yeah, I thought he was going to clean house for a minute. With I don't even think four. he whacked a guy with the two by four. And all of no. a sudden the two by four is taken away from him. They whacked him with the two by four. <laughs> He's getting his ass beat with his own two by four <laughs> in the middle of the ring. He's got a match with uh, Farouk. That, that thing's been building for a long time. Yeah, that's been a long time coming. At least he didn't have the strength. That's still building from Blue Helmet Farouk. That's right. Yeah, when he when uh, I mean, was in the crowd and whatnot. Yeah. At least he wasn't time. at least he wasn't wearing those striped uh <laughs> pants again. Yeah, those Terry Funk inspired Good grief. pants. You didn't want to see Ahmed's Johnson this week? No, pass. Next week, uh, we're going to have the fallout from the Royal Rumble. We will officially be on the road to WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. Uh, yeah, join us right here as we break down the January 20th, 1997 edition of Monday Night Raw, as well as probably the uh, the Royal Rumble itself. Next up, it's time to go into the dorkness. It's a news segment. It's a part of the show where we talk about what's coming your way in the world of wrestling figures and collectibles. We also discuss any items that have recently made their way into our personal collections. All right. First couple of uh, news items I have is uh, surrounded by the Pro Wrestling Tees site. Um, They dropped a new limited edition micro brawler uh, kind of like out of the blue on Monday. Really? You know, with the Owen Hart one and with the Vader one, they kind of tipped it off like, hey, this is going to be happening. I didn't hear anything about this one. Um, it was an Iron Sheik. Oh, really? Limited to only 150. Damn. And sold out in like Three just minutes. a couple minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I didn't get one. By the time I saw it on social media, it was like it had already been up for like 40 minutes, and I clicked on it, and there was nothing. Um, they also dropped a New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt buckle. Ooh. It actually looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, really fucking cool. <laughs> um, that's limited to 100 pieces, and it's 35 bucks. And I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. I was like, I don't know. It was one of those things like, do I need this? Am I really going to use this? Probably not. But it looks it looks pretty sweet just, um, just sitting there, I guess. But I don't know. Should I hop on there right now and see if it's still available? Oh, sure. If it is, I'm, I don't know. I might get it. I don't know. Hold on. Let me see here. (laughs) (laughs) We could probably talk yet, but do it for the pod. (laughs) Oh, crap. I don't know. This is taking too much time. The listeners want it. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of pro wrestling tees, a quick reminder 
that they are still um, they still have that Brody Lee tribute shirt up. The proceeds all go to the Huber family, uh, and CM Punk, Mick Foley, and others have announced that all month long their proceeds are going to that donation as well. So please support them. I thought about getting a CM Punk shirt yesterday, and I sent two two shirt ideas over to Kendra. Yeah, I was like, which one of these? And it was like the uh, the best in the world one where he's like got his tape wrapped hands. I don't know. It's like it's a black shirt and the the ink is like red, white, and blue. I don't know. Look fine. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then the other one is the dare inspired one that just says "Welcome to Chicago, motherfucker." motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, which one of these should I get? All proceeds go to the John Huber family. I'd attack that on. And she's like, well, number two is out for uh, <laughs> because we have a new reader in the house you know, Jana's gonna be six and she's True. reading fucking everything and i'm like well it wouldn't be something i would wear a lot all over the place but i don't i don't know if someone wants to send it to me i mean i would have to you know it would be a gift so i'd have to support it then i don't know um My birthday's coming up <laughs> i'll take two <laughs> elite 83 that is shipping from ringside collectibles this is the one that has the blue hair sasha banks with that nice jacket uh, the Baron Corbin, the King Corbin with the, the, that's a really cool figure, whether you like Corbin or not. Um, you get the, the cool crown, you get that awesome, like, uh, for a cape or whatever. Thing, yeah. Whatever the hell that I don't know, is. man, that thing looks rad. Uh, Drew McIntyre, it's a pretty standard figure edge from the rumble. The, no, the rumble is the ultimate. So probably oh. be the WrestleMania match against Orton, I guess. Cause it is like modern day edge. Okay. Then you get to also get the dusty roads. With the red polka dots from that Saturday night's main event heading up to that Survivor Series match. And uh, Michael P.S. Hayes is in that one, too. And I, I kind of wanted more out of that figure. It does come. It's definitely like Bad Street era. Yeah, He's got the cool it. hat. He's got the glasses. But then he, he does have a Bad Street USA shirt. But other yeah. than that, he's just in trunks. Yeah, it's kind of just bare bones, but for a guy who's so accessory centric, yes, it's like, can yeah. I get a modern day pimp suit? Right, Michael PSA is like the chase is lavender and the regular is like neon green or something. Yeah, like he was wearing more uh, in the Halloween Havoc match, you know, and yeah. you can roll it up in the van. <laughs> <laughs> can I get one where he's uh, dressed up like the Hardy Boys? <laughs> yes. Oh, we snap. Get a fishnet top and uh, some Jenkos. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, what else we got? Super 7, the um, company that's doing the... They're doing the Brian Myers, Matt Cardona figures. And these are, like, super detailed. Okay. Um, They also have that... They're also doing Gallows and Anderson. The Good Brothers? The Good Brothers. They're up for pre-order at ringside. The estimated arrival is September. Oh, yeah. I saw those. Um, they will set you back 95 bucks for the set Damn. of two. But these, like I said, they come with like a ton of accessories. I think they each have at least three, maybe four different heads. Oh, wow. Well. Um, you know, the extra hands and all that stuff. And well, that's not bad. I man. don't have anything from Super 7. Um, I thought I did. I thought that Liger was, but no, that's a Storm Collectibles. Um Super 7, they're also the ones, they showed unpainted prototypes of New Japan Series 1. Mm. Uh, these things have been delayed forever, like, because of COVID probably or whatever. Right. But but it's been a long time coming. Like, people people probably started pre-ordering these in March. Damn. And we're, like, almost to March again. And yeah. we just saw unpainted prototypes. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a little bit. They're, they're thinking, 
uh, late February, early March might be when they're going to finally start shipping. Uh, but the the Wave 1 is the Chaos series. You got Osprey, Tanahashi, Ishii, and one other one. I don't know why I can't think of them. Oh, Okada. 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 Um, and then series, series 2 is the LIJ, even though, like, it's Half funny. the guys aren't even in it now. <laughs> well, just or, or one. Swapped. Yeah, it's just evil. It's just evil. Yeah. It's evil, Sonata, Naito, and one other. Bushi, which is awesome. Um, I don't know. I'm on the fence with these because they're they're kind of pricey. But I think about, like, if they were to release a ring, like a New Japan ring with those fucking turnbuckle pads and, like, you know how it's, like, blue in the middle and yeah. then white on the outside that and all would the be sponsor pretty sweet. shit? Yeah. I think if they were to release a ring... Take my money, I'll collect the whole the whole line. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's I think that's where I stand. And it's like pricey. Like I wanna say it's like right around 180 for the set of four. So do the math on that. But it, it's it's probably roughly forty five bucks a figure. Yeah. But they're so detailed and so accessory driven and like Okada's coat alone looks fucking awesome. Nice. That'd be know. fun. Release a ring. Release the ring. Yeah. You could customize a ring, but I don't want to do that. No, you want the. I want an official NJPW yes. ring for fuck's sake. Comes um, in red shoes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Chase Tiger Hattori. <laughs> right. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Why don't they do a build a red shoes in one of these series? Are, are you listening? Oh, Super Seven is that? They're who probably was? not. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do I got here? Oh. Several wrestlers, this is awesome, have hooked up with several different companies and they're making like Hasbro style retro figures. Have you seen any of those? No. Nick Aldis, his is already out. Okay. Like you can buy it on his I've website. Seen Nick's. You have seen that? Yeah, I just thought it was like a custom thing that somebody did. No, he's actually he's selling, selling it, it oh, on his website okay. as well as whatever the company is. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but then Blue Meanie. Also, like from a different company, he's got one coming out. And then there's a guy named uh, Zombie Sailor, who he does a lot of the merch for the Major Brothers, like the pins. He's done all their pins and stuff. Okay. Um, As well as other things. Like we met him at the Chicago show. That's right. He actually is doing Hasbro style Brian Myers, Matt Cardona. And those are in the works. Like I saw unpainted resin prototypes today that he's having sent off to the factory for the casts to be made Sweet. and all that stuff. And he said that uh, he teased another one, and it was fucking Danhausen. Oh, really? And he said when he was somebody was asking like, "Hey, is this going to be like a series or like what can we expect?" Um, and he did say that there are multiple others in the works that that you know are, are going to keep coming down the pike. So nice. I, I don't really like, I wish there was, I almost wish there was one company making them all. So they'd yeah. all be kind of uniform. Right. I was going to say they might be, they might differ a little here and there. But if, uh, if, if zombies got a whole line planned, then I think I might just get those. Yeah. Cause dude, you don't want a fucking Dan Housen retro figure. Of that, course would be, I do. <laughs> that would be so awesome. That'd be so awesome. No be, swearing. Be very nice. Very evil. <laughs> Um, what else do I got in the news? Not figure related, but Drew McIntyre tested positive for COVID. Drew. And so we'll see what happens as far as his match with Goldberg, though. I think there's enough time between now and the Rumble. Isn't there three weeks between now and the Rumble? And we don't really know yes. when he tested positive. And he's not showing any symptoms, I guess. So I saw the that's... I saw his little promo 
Looked like he was just like in a hotel. Yeah. In a promo. I was like, I don't have any. I'm one of the few that don't have any symptoms. But it was kind of like a PSA for. He's like, this is. Oh, yeah. Take this just serious. Try, yeah. Just kind of like covering your ass, which WWE has not done at all. Right. They haven't even talked this. about COVID. It's really weird. Yeah. Because a bunch of them came down with it, like Renee Young and some others came down with it just like right after Mania, I think. Oh, that's right. And they just and they didn't say sh- shit didn't say about shit. it. No, they just threw Zelina Vega in four segments of Raw because that's, that's all they fucking right. had. Yeah. It was weird. That's kind of what happened with Raw this week, too, I think. Oh, absolutely. Riddle wrestled twice. Sheamus, Keith Lee. Yeah, a bunch of guys had, weird. To, had to double up. We'll talk about that in a few. Um, <clears throat> last note I have is starting this Saturday at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. The Impact Announce team will consist of Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. No more Josh Matthews, huh? Yeah, but he got promoted. Oh, really? That's why? Yeah, he's like vice president of something, something or whatever. He's like a big wig now. He's like some big producer. Oh, okay. Well, good on him, I guess. No, he's still... It wasn't big of... No, I'm not either. I'm not either. I don't know why. I think he's like way fucking full of himself. I like uh, Matt Stryker a lot for commentary. I think he's great. He was good in Lucha Underground. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think I've ever heard D'Lo on commentary. But he's good on the mic, so, yeah. you know, should be good. Probably just fine. Uh, new arrivals, you got anything? Nope. I packaged it and get here in time. No? I'm, I'm waiting for... It shipped. I you know um, how that goes. Well, the day... Oh, do I? <laughs> like, the day... I think... Uh, actually, it was... What day was it? It was Saturday when I finally got the package from Ringside that I had ordered on December 26th. Damn. In stock items, too. So it was like, it shouldn't have taken this long, but it was one of those things where it went all over. The mule. Yep. Fucking pack mule. He would have made it here by time, by on, on time, I'm sure. Uh, but all I ordered was five boxes of stands. So I'm good on those for a while. Because sometimes Sweet. those go out of stock and then they won't be in stock for like months. Months, yeah. And then it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to break down and get blue ones. Those will always be in stock, but. Throws your. I want to keep it uniform. Yeah, throw. Throws the color scheme off. Uh, but the other the other figure in the package, Adam. Oh, boy. It's a big boy. Hollywood Hogan, Ultimate Mattel. Haven't cracked it out of the box yet, but I will. That looks great. It looks fantastic. The boa, the spray-painted belt. That's, it's got, yeah, that's gnarly. What is it? Three heads, right? Three heads. Got uh, the, the sunglasses, the NWO uh, yoke shirt. It's just a really different. It's a really, really good figure. That is a good figure. Um, but just to you know, put sand in the uh, sand in the wound or salt in the wound, I should say, is the very next day, I drop um, Jana off at cheer practice, and I and they don't let you in right now because of COVID. Normally, we'd go in and just watch. Right. So it's like they expect parents to either wait out in the car, or come back when it's done. Come back when it's done, and it's like ninety minutes. Mm. So I hit Target right there on the fucking peg. Really? Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Wow. Um, so I messaged uh, Jake, one of our buddies, to see if he needed it. He's like, yeah, pick that up for me. And I was like, will do. Then I, fu- I grab it. And then I'm not even joking when I say I was in line at the checkout for 25 minutes at Target. Ugh. Like there was so many people. It like wrapped around and went like halfway down the center aisle. I was like, what in the world is going on here right now? Hmm. Um, and then on Monday I went over to Jake's place and met up with him to give him the Hollywood Hogan figure. And then I also, I also gave him those, um, AEW figures. Oh yeah. For this guy here and some, and some compensation in cash, nice. but it's the WrestleMania cart 
series with the um, with the Macho Man. I didn't really the little ring cart. Yeah, with it, the came, ropes. it came with Macho, or you could get Andre. That's cool. Um, I'm not. A, I. It's one of those where it's like this might. I don't know if I'm going to keep it in the box. It's a basic figure, so it's not like right up my alley. And the box looks pretty cool. Um, the box does look pretty cool. Or I might open them up out of the box and still display them like in the ring cart because the ring cart looks really freaking cool. Too. Yeah, that makes it, right? It makes it, I think. Um, and then I made another trade with Damn, our other boy. buddy, Nick Sankey, the big cat. Um, he was looking for AEW Series 2, Dustin Rhodes, Hangman Page, and one other one. Oh, oh the big cat? Series 1, Brandy, but... Pfft. Good luck with that. Yeah, right? you can't find that right now. I told him, like, don't pay scalper prices. They're going to re-release uh, Series 1. Um, but he had a couple older elites that I definitely needed. We got a Hall of Fame Jimmy Mouth of the South Art. Oh, yeah, baby. And to add to the Macho Collection, uh, Elite Series 23, Macho Man Randy Savage from the WrestleMania 8 match oh, with Ric yeah. Flair where he got that title back. <laughs> it's, like, not one of his best figures. But you got to have it's it if you a, got the collection going. Yes, absolutely. And he just posted another one um, that it's like, this is not my favorite Randy Savage figure, but I don't have it, so I have to purchase it kind of deal. Yeah, um, that's a weird outfit. <laughs> very strange. That's that whole feud with Flair where Flair said that Flair photoshopped himself in the WWF magazine with Miss Elizabeth. Oh, like, yeah. Cool side and stuff. That's right. That's all from <laughs> that's all from that shit. It's a, it's a good haul, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and I got stands now, so I can. These fucking cases are filling up quick, though. I tell you what, I don't know what else I'm gonna do once those are full. I need to get going. I'm gonna get going back on the Hasbro's because I don't. I don't know. I'm just really, really itchy to just get them all to finish it. But I know those green cards are gonna cost a lot, <laughs> and I don't really want to. I'm. I feel like I'm gonna wait for the market to die down before I actually dive into those. Mm-hmm. But I am close enough on the rest of them where I should be. I should be making headway, and I just haven't in a while. Um, what else we got? I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, Nick Sankey. I just talked about him. He did find a Chase MJF at a local Walmart. Yes, I a Walmart saw that. that. I hit two days prior, and they didn't have anything. No shit. Yeah, dude. So congrats to him because I don't. I don't think he'll open it. I also think he'll keep it. I don't. I don't think he's gonna flip it. I would have flipped it. Yeah, that thing would have been flipped like a pancake already, dude. <laughs> like they're going, you know, four hundred bucks easy because he's. You're better than him, and he knows it. No, oh, okay, because it's one out of a thousand. I know it's an MJF. <laughs> I know what it, I know what it was. Okay, okay. It's now time for what you watching, where we discuss what in the world of professional wrestling we've watched this week. It could be current product, vintage viewing, or anything in between. Nothing is off the table. Or ladder or chair. You know what I'm talking about. All right, Adam, what do you want to chat about first? Um, how about AEW? Sure. Um, truth be told, I only watched like second half. It was one of those things where we had it we had it on on mute when we recorded our other show. Yes. That night. So I'd kind of seen enough that I didn't really need to see the other shit that had, I didn't need to revisit the first half of that show. No, um, there was, there's a couple highlights and a couple like, um, 
I was surprised that Wardlow won. Me too. That was surprising. And like clean as a whistle too. Yeah. Um, the Snoop Dogg thing was funny. Well, you'd have to explain that to me because I, I saw it, but like I said, it was muted. I saw him come out with Cody. Yeah, he I had, also had a problem with where Snoop stood during the whole match. He stood on the ramp, on the ramp the whole match. Yes, until he got involved and he came down and did a splash off the top. Rope. I didn't miss that. I completely missed. You that. need to Google that. Do I? Yes. Is it because it's good or terrible? Terrible. Okay, but it's awesome because people put it in like they put it in the WrestleMania 10 ladder match with Sean because <laughs> Sean does that really good splash. Yes. Yeah, and and. Snoop doesn't, but he kind of has like the arc. I don't know. Check that out. Um, let's see. The Kenny Omega Ray Phoenix match might have been the best dynamite match I've ever seen. Yes, that uh, I would agree with that. That's that might that's probably my favorite match of the year so far. I know, Dude. I know it's early. <sighs> I didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom, so I can't get all crazy. It was so good. There was like that one. There's several good spots. Oh my like, god! The one where he hits him with the V trigger yes. and Phoenix goes back, but then nips up and then hits him with that hook kick like immediately. It was yes. just like, oh my god, that was amazing. Um, his Phoenix is uh, some of his suplexes are just fucking bananas. Yeah, and the stuff that he kicked out of yes. was just bananas too. Like they let him look so strong in that match. Um, it was just it was staggering the amount of stuff that he kicked out of. Uh, it's weird because I love watching Ray Phoenix wrestle, but like I can't think of a match. And actually, this one I didn't have that feeling as much as I do sometimes. But sometimes I'm like. This guy is going to get hurt. Like, yeah, I, I always feel like I'm I could I'm potentially watching the last Ray Phoenix match I'm going to see for six months because he's going to fucking yeah. And then and then he'll be like when we saw him at um is it A A W the one in Chicago yeah. or whatever. It's like no, he's not, and he's doing uh he's actually he's going to wrestle the next night and do just this crazy <laughs> shit. You're like what? <laughs> this guy's superhuman. It's I I feel like somebody should strap the rocket to him, but maybe they're a little. They're a little uh, timid to do so because of the fact that, like, I feel like the injury risk is there. I don't oh, know. Oh, big time. Um, and then the controversial uh, ending with the Good Brothers. Yes. Um, their, uh, so basically the match ends. Kenny Omega wins it with the one-winged angel, which is, I love that they've kept that move as a one and done. Like, nobody's kicked out of it. Yeah, me too. Um, he hits him with that, pins him, gets the one, two, three. And then Don Callis hops up, and they sh- they go back. They show like backstage footage, and Eddie Kingston's got like Pac in a headlock, yeah. and they're fucking up the death triangle. And then um, Don Callis is like, "Kenny, this is unsafe working environment," which I don't know if that was not throwback to the. Uh, you hear about the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart shoot fight that happened before Raw once, yeah, where Shawn took like laughed because he said it was unsafe work. I don't yes, know. it could have been, it could <laughs> not have been, but whatever. I liked it. I didn't it. think about that. That's good. Well, I'm like entrenched in 1997 WWF right now. Yeah, it's so true. That's why I like immediately made went to that, that connection. Yeah. Um, but so he's like, "No, you need to finish. You need to end Ray Phoenix right now." Uh, and then Mox makes the save with a barbed wire baseball bat. Yes. And he gets some shots in, unlike Ahmed Johnson. Right. <laughs> and uh, and then all of a sudden, out of the crowd come the Good Brothers, dude, and they start taking it to Moxley. They do the magic killer. Um, and then I, <laughs> I liked how, like, random dudes were jumping the barricade in waves, like Griff Garrison's yes. first. <laughs> and then, like, you know, Doc Gallows would take out one of them, and then one of the, the Bucks came out, and they're super kicking a couple of them, too, just because they're well, trying to figure out what's going yeah, on. The Bucks, but they're still kicking people. <laughs> well, the Bucks, they only did it once. The Bucks come out, and it was like, 
they're they're furious and they want to talk to like they're like upset and they want to know what's going on this and that right and then um two of the guys i think it's griff garrison another guy <laughs> yes. pull kenny into the ropes and like gallows knocks one of them and matt jackson super kicks the yes, other one that's what it was and then it was like the old like look around and kenny throws up the two sweet and fucking they all too sweet it was, aw- it it was, was pretty awesome it was a great ending um yeah, that was that was pretty fucking good. I liked it. Did you watch the recommended match of the week? Yes. Uh, Mil Muertes versus Phoenix from uh, March 18th, 2015. Lucha Underground Grave Consequences match, which is just a casket match. It is. It was good. But loved like the theatrics of maybe it's yes. just because like you don't see audiences right now. Like the Day of the Dead stuff. Dude, did you see they had like Two of them were on stilts. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah, it was it was kick ass. But yeah, they had this whole like funeral procession uh wheel this awesome airbrush casket out. I'm pretty sure Thunder Rosa was one of them. I think so too. Um um I love the legit looking casket. You know how they the casket started getting all funny in the WWE, yeah. you know? I like the Kamala one was Well, that was just like a wood box. What was the first was that his first casket man? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I mean they got Really weird yeah, after a did. while. They didn't look like. I, but I no, just, this like, is just your run of the mill yeah, aluminum casket. It looked like casket. a great casket, like a legit casket. I also like, dude, I forgot about, like, I only watched. Okay, so Lucha Underground was on Netflix for a little while. Probably long enough for, where I should have watched it all, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it was coming out, when it was first coming out, like, whatever television I had, I had the L Ray Network. Yeah. The problem is it was all in Spanish and I had no other option but to watch it in Spanish. Ah. And Lucha Underground is very story driven. Yeah. So I'd see like Conan in fucking um, Dario Cueto's office. Violencia. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so that kind of turned me off of it. But the matches themselves were always cool. Right. And I thought the... I thought the uh, presentation of it was really cool. Yep. That... Um, I mean, that was just a shitty warehouse in, like, Southern California Yeah, that they transformed into the temple. To, like, a TV and studio. It looked fucking cool, man. And these guys were doing a lot of a lot of good stuff all around the, the, the temple, if you will. I love how, um, like, they did some spots with the casket in the ring. Yes. But how do you get the casket in the ring? Oh, well, a different spot earlier in the match where Mil Muertes takes the turnbuckle off yes, and uses that to beat daily. the shit yes. out, out of Phoenix. And then thus the bottom rope is off. Now you can slide, slide the, the casket, casket in. in, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem obvious because the two things happened, you know, ten minutes apart. Yep. Um, I liked when he got his. Um, he tore the fuck out of his mask, yes, like on top of the casket. That just yeah. looked cool. Well, his mask was so fucking torn off at the end of that. He might as well not even <laughs> wear it. it. Right. It was it was great, and I don't know who that and, chick and, was. Um, Oh, um, but the the way they were telling the story, Striker was Katrina. Katrina, yes, uh, real hurricane that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Striker was on commentary with Vampiro. Yep, and it sounded like that chick uh, was with Mil Muertes, and then Phoenix was Phoenix heel. They made it seem like he was like Phoenix took his girl, and I'm like, well, only a dastardly heel does that. I didn't think so, but who knows? I don't know. Um. <laughs> One funny part of it was uh, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is sweet. They're doing a recap. So I was like, look at all this crazy shit that happened. Oh, I kind of miss Luch Underground. Oh, wait. Oh, that's that's the grave. Con- 
consequences match. I clicked the wrong thing. So Did you click the death match? Because no, there was a death match on there, too. I click like a whole recap of the show in like two minutes. Oh, I got yeah. you. So I was like, this is really cool. They're recapping everything. I miss all this stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. This is the match. And I had to like stop it and look. And I'm like, oh, it's and it. I just missed in parentheses under it. Recap or something. Gotcha. So start over. I was like, God damn it. That was fun, man. That was, I, I was a great that. recommendation. Um, Mil Muertes, he's like, he just... He just uh, made his MLW debut tonight as we're recording this. Yes, he's been resurrected. Um, he's like 45 right now. That's crazy. So that was, he was 40 when this match took place. And the dude is like... He's huge. A brick shithouse. Yeah. Like, if you were, if you were like... Uh, he lo- almost looks like a cartoon character. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. He's like almost disproportionate how fucking... How large Whitey his upper is. body is yes. and shit. But no, I dug that, man. Uh, did you watch New Year's Evil? Yes. How about... Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Kushida teaming up. <laughs> I love that. She did that dive. Yeah. And I was oh, like, oh, she like landed on her neck. Uh, yeah, it was her neck or arm or That's something. That's another like, one, dude, Goodness. that I worry I worry about her getting hurt about every fucking match because she, she just she goes. She yeah. flies. Yeah. Candace didn't do a very good job catching her, but she fucking just There's so much momentum going. How do you catch herself? That? Yeah, yeah, man. It's crazy. Um I actually did kind of enjoy that Karrion Cross Damian Priest match. Thought that was fine. Yeah, that was good. Um, the last woman standing match, I loved. Um, they did that spot where oh, Raquel yeah. gets uh, handcuffed to the to the chain, yep. the chain link fence, and, and she ends up that. pulling it off. Yes. Now, I, I saw, okay, so the, my first viewing of, of New Year's Evil, I'd watched it you know late that night. And I think I talked to you on Friday. We were on our way to a, a show. And I said I'm, like, in that match. Like, I'd just seen her do that, but I was getting too tired, and, like, I wanted to give that match its its due. So when I go back and, and watch it then on the WWE Network, you can skip, like, next match, next match, next mm-hmm. match, or whatever. So I just started at the beginning of that match. And I did notice that when Rhea Ripley went to go put the handcuff on the chain link fence, there's a little piece of white tape on that on black that, chain link fence. Uh, I'm like, you had to use white tape too. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just use like brown tape where it's not that noticeable, noticeable to me at home. But I, to be fair, I didn't catch it the first time and True. I knew that that was going to happen. And then they went through shit with a glass door. Dude, um, they were all over the place. Ripley put Dakota, was it Dakota Kai? Yes. Into a damn locker. Yeah, stuffed her ass in a locker. <laughs> she fit. She sure did, dude. Holy crap. I thought she. Was, I thought Ripley was going to win, but nope. I think she's getting called up. Ah. I think she'll Ooh, be the in, Rumble. I think she'll be in the Rumble, and I yeah. think she'll be on the roster after that. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Um I think she was on her way last year. Remember, Charlotte challenged her for the NXT That's title. Right. Um, everything got fucked up with um, with that stuff. We can't. We can't. Finn, not, yeah, I was gonna say you have to talk about that match. Finn and Kyle. That was great. That um, was great. Such good storytelling with Kyle getting the ropes with his teeth. Yeah, and then Finn just kicking it, uh, fucking, <laughs> fucking up, up his jaw, jaw, which he fucked up. Yes, uh, that was like great storytelling. That was smart. And he sold that jaw throughout the whole match and they end up submitting because of that submission hold. Yes. And Um, the the visual is cool at the end where it's like the Undisputed Era being like the, you know, the caretakers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why would you do that? (laughs) And he's just standing there and Finn's just bleeding like, yep, I did it. Oh, yeah. He did have a cut over his eye. It looked looked really good. So maybe him and Pete Dunn next or something. I don't know. That'd be awesome. I seen something where it was like a tweet or something with him and it said like, 
you know, whoever's next step up or something. And Pete Dunn was like, you sure about that? Or something like there that. There was so, a little interaction between the two. Yeah. Um, the, week the week before, before when they were coming, Pete was leaving the ring and Finn was heading to the ring. I'd, I'm signing me up for that too. Yeah. I love that. Pete Dunn. He's great. The bruises are weight. Um, we should talk. I just mentioned that we went to a show. We should talk about that. ACW Wisconsin. Yeah, that was a good time. It was uh, the the main event of the evening was a spike on a pole match. Fucking a, our first uh, on a pole match live. I love it. it. Was great. We didn't get a whole lot of the spike action. No, but you don't need a lot. You didn't. You didn't. Um, it was it was really cool. The uh, so Swaggle has Swaggle's a fucking little shit heel in this promotion. Fuck yeah, he is. And his his crew. Um, it's Shane Hill. It's another older guy. There, it was a six-man tag against um, Nick Colucci, one of the Wild and Randy boys, and Stacy Shadows, the Midwest Slayer. That's right. Um, that was pretty fun. No titles changed hands though. Nope. Uh, Adam Grace defended in like the opening match against that guy. That, I forget his name. It's something. Uh, it's Ethan. Oh, Ethan Matthews. Ethan Matthews. Um, he took made short work out of that guy. Salem Crane retained his Water City title. It's oh, kind got, of like their mid card, right? Yeah, I got a pin of Salem Crane. Oh, you did? A little eye pin with his like eyes or not? I like that. Um, oh, Drake Daniels. Yes, who did he wrestle? He because that was before the intermission, and then we ran. It was down. like some nerd. <sighs> oh, was it your boy Roy? No. <laughs> That's your boy, Roy. That's your boy, Roy. That's your boy, Roy, Adam. Kid takes a beating. He does. This kid looks like he's seven years old. (laughs) No, he looks like he's 11. Come on. Uh, He gets his fucking ass beat every week. Every single week. He takes a beat. He puts it on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yes, the spike on a pole match, the the Players Club retained over the curse. Um, That evil Sierra got in the ring. She's the one that got the spike. Oh my god! But then she, got, she delivered it to Tyler Sullivan, and uh, then yeah, she got she like she paid for it. It was like a double. I want it wasn't a choke slam. It was like a double urinagi. Yes, and she. I mean, that was a hell of a bump. It she rolled was. to the outside, and I thought she was convulsing. I right, thought she was like too. right at my feet. <laughs> Speaking of Wild and Randy, I also, I also saw um, from the JWA Thanksgiving Throwdown. Yep, they put that up. Uh, Ewok versus Randy. Fitzsimmons. Uh, Fitzsimmons. That, I haven't that's, watched it yet. It's on the YouTube. Check it's it out. good. Check out the JWA some on fa- YouTube. Some familiar voices on there. Yeah, man. Um, the next a- ACW show is going to be in Kimberly, Wisconsin at Tanner's Bar and Grill. It's the Valentine's Vendetta. Did you see the fucking Kaluchi Swaggle match for that? I did. It's like war game style. And they get to bring out a weapon. Each guy gets yeah. to bring out a weapon. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Um, and then there's a big show. There's a there's a show on March 5th, but then their big show announced uh, was the Water City Con. That's going to feature Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, the Boogeyman, Tennille Dashwood, ICP, whoop, whoop. and Kevin Nash. And the date on that is April 10th at the Oshkosh Convention Center. Um, I know for a fact the first four rows are already sold out. They can only have um, a thousand people, right? And there's talk of the major wrestling figure podcast guys actually doing a live show the night before. Nice. Um, they put up a poll like, "Hey, would you guys be interested?" And dude, people are like 
I'm flying in from Fort Lauderdale to see oh, this wow. show and shit. So big time. I, huh? I think I really do think that uh, ACW Wisconsin is like on the verge of of blowing up. Good, and I'm really glad we got in when we did because we got our season tickets. This was our first time we got we got to utilize those, and uh, at intermission we got front row tickets to the con. And that's that, like I said, front row sold out in twenty minutes. So yep, we're good. It's gonna be freaking awesome. Anything else? I watched. Um, I watched the Broken Skull sessions on the network with Bailey. Oh, really? Watch that? No. It's one of those things I like to have on um, when I'm doing something else. But Steve actually does kind of like throw to videos and stuff pretty frequently. Like I want I want to watch this with you, and it'll be like an important part of her career or whatever. And then you get to see her reaction. You know, as she was watching this, right? Some of it's going back to like her just like fan days, where she's like, she she literally has is like in the crowd getting a picture of her and John Cena signed by John Cena. So she's like, okay. so this was the second time I met him because you can see I'm getting my picture of, the of first me and time. him with, <laughs> and then she's like, this was at an optometrist's office in San Francisco earlier that day. I was in San Diego, met Ray Mysterio at a Barnes Noble <laughs> and just like, she's, I don't know. She's like a mega fan. Like I already liked her, but watching that like made me like her even more. Nice. Um, I don't know. They touched on a lot of like the defining moments in her career. They show her, you know, signing with developmental. They show her like kind of finding her character down there. They of course show a lot of like the the feud with Sasha Banks. Oh yeah. Um the the heel turn on SmackDown, which was awesome because she's like she goes, I lost the uh the title at uh whatever pay per view it was. Yeah. And this is when they taped SmackDown on Tuesdays, Tuesdays. and it aired on Friday, I think. Yeah, it was. Um so she's like, and I basically um, said, like, I can't just come out on, because she was starting to get, like, booed and stuff. Like, her character was getting stale. Yes. And you could tell it was bothering her. And she loses the title, and then she's like, I can't come out on SmackDown and be the same character. Like, something has to change. So she talked and, like, basically talked them into letting her do this heel turn in, like, three days. Wow. From that pay-per-view to that to that show. That's impressive. And I was like, wow, what a fucking career move that was. Yeah. Because she's been great as a heel. And you can't even imagine it going back to seeing her as like bubbly Bailey, the hugger. No. That, to what she is now. Yes. It's like, is that I when fucking she's, love what she's doing now. Is that when she stabbed the... Yeah, the Bailey buddies. <laughs> the Bailey the fucking, buddies, yeah. Dude, you can get that figure. Uh, Elite Series 80 comes. It's her with that new gimmick with the shorter hair. Yeah. And uh, with that, like, stick with the razor blade. Like, that's not even, you can't go buy that. She had to fashion that thing. Yeah, man, it's a shank. Shank on a stick. Dude, it was, I don't know. I, I really, really dug that. Um, they talked a lot about her, you know, with the the rest of her crew, the four horsewomen, getting called uh, up, like, eight months before her. And, like, what mind fuck that was to her. Even though she kind of took it as a positive, like, now I have to, like, lead this newer generation of NXT Right. Before I finally get Before called. I and go. she did really good once she got called up. I mean, yeah. She was the first, you know, Grand Slam champ to hold NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and tag titles. Right. Which you wouldn't think, but it's yeah, true. That's crazy. Um, and then we touched on it a little bit ago, but I did watch Raw. It was like, we, like I said, a weird kind of clusterfuck of a show. There was a 
Randy Orton, Triple H, right off the bat, face-to-face. So already yes. you understand they're calling him Audible, and they acknowledge as much. Like, Randy's like, I assume you're here because there's a bunch of shit going on, and you need to make a ruling because you're the office now. And yes. This and that. Um, but Randy wants to just challenge Triple H to a fight. He doesn't want it to be a wrestling match. Oh, yeah, the good old, uh, oh, your balls and Stephanie's purse. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, that old get, tired thing. Gets him every time. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. It was weird. There was a... Okay, so explain this to me. We touched on it already, but several guys had to work twice. And it was like, Jeff Hardy has to take on that um, Jackson Riker, I think is his name. Yeah. And he loses. Yeah, Riker well, beats him. Because... Uh, Elias, he's been practicing in the studio a lot. I know, he's hurt his, his thumb. thumb. Yeah, right. I mean, and you understand. So immediately loses, and he's like, come on, Elias, man, get in the <laughs> ring and fight me. <laughs> I would have been like, and Elias like, okay. I would have been like, you couldn't even beat my crony. Right, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not fucking fight you. Come on, man, then. we don't have anybody else to fight. We got a lot of time to eat up here, man. <laughs> um, at least he didn't get those fucking things in his ear kicked out like he did last week. Yeah, no shit. Um, then... Keith Lee and Sheamus team up to fight Miz and Morrison. When they win, and then they go back. They like let's. They go backstage to this interview. Uh, I'm not sure who it was, but they're interviewing Triple H to find out what his response is to Randy Orton's challenge. He's like, I, I accept the challenge, or whatever. Then they go back to the ring, and Keith Lee and Sheamus are ha- are already having. Okay, a match. I didn't miss anything then. I no. was just like, well, I guess they're fighting now too. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was so weird. And then, I mean, they were doing the thing where like they were upset that the other guy was tagging him, but it was like, and that's been going for a couple weeks. Yeah, but you know? they were still like, okay, you got me. Right. That was my Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah. You got me. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, and then it's the same thing happened with Riddle and the Hurt Business. Yeah. Yeah. But then the final match. The f- that was pretty fun. <laughs> so Randy Orton and Triple H, um, they're brawling outside. And then at one point... Uh, it was an, Triple was H it, goes for a sledgehammer. Was it an ODQ deal? It was must not, have been. No, it, it was, was, it was a, a fight. fight. There was, was no fight. referee. Yeah, it gets the sledgehammer out. Sledgehammer magically starts on fire, which freaks out <laughs> Triple H. That was my favorite part. That was awesome. And then the you can start seeing the fiends on his way because yeah, the cause lights the, start flickering and and, and Randy Orton's down. like, what the fuck, man? But then all of a sudden, Hunter's just gone. He's gone. And Alexa Bliss is standing in the corner. Yep. And I and thought she had a... Uh, she's looking at Randy, and then she does... Because you know how the fiends got hurt and heel on his gloves? Oh. She's got pain and something else. Yeah. But she puts up the one... And it says pain. And then she just goes and shoots yeah. a, a CGI fireball right in Randy Orton's face. And they filmed that before because he has not broken a sweat. He's in the ring just like fresh as daisy. Really? Yes. It looked like to me like a, some kind of remote almost or something. That was CGI? I'm almost sure that was CGI. That was... It's too good not to be, right? That was CGI, dude. I don't know. I mean, she may have shot something. Like, maybe they need something to just, like, attach the CGI to, is it? Right, or yeah. Or something, but... Because it was a weird... I couldn't really make heads or tails of it. Half the time, it's like a flash paper, right? It's like... Well, yeah. Like, fucking... con- the Contra dude does it pretty good. Jerry Lawler's the king of it. <laughs> I like what you did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I don't know. I hadn't seen a fireball in the WWE in a long time, so I, I was like, there it. we go. I like that they're making uh, chicken salad out of this Thunderdome business, like... With that Inferno match, it's like they couldn't have done that with fans in the audience. Very true. So screw it. Let's have all the fire. I don't care. So yeah, we are a couple weeks away from the Royal Rumble. We're going to watch the uh, 97 Rumble Yeah, here this weekend at some point because we're going to discuss that on the show next week. But 
we have the third annual Tattoo Royal Rumble to address. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Sarah, can you be assistant? Yep. All right. We're going to need you. My sister Sarah's here. She's going to roll this tumbler. And, um, okay, so what we're going to do, Adam, we're going to draw numbers for the men's and the women's rumble. Last year we did it. One number was the same for both. Right. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to do your men's number first, then my men's number, then the women's? Or how do you want to do it? Sure. All right. This thing's a bit of a pain in the ass, Sarah, with the uh, opening of it. But give it a couple spins, and then we'll uh, we'll hope the audio's picking that up. (laughs) All right. We don't need to. We don't need to spin it any more than that. I don't think so. Tom, first. Are you gonna let Sarah pick your number? Sure. Go ahead. Pick one for me, Sarah. All right. This is gonna be your men's Royal Rumble number. All right. This might be tattooed on me for the rest of my life. What you're doing right here. (laughs) And then we'll get to choose. Like they. Yeah, open yep, up that, uh, that. Ju- just give it a squeeze right on the seam is the way I do it. Uh, what do we got? 11. Ooh, 11. Right. Okay, I'll Double take it. Ones. All right, we should, uh, here, let's, Sarah, let's get your mic oh, here. Sarah. No, that's on me. That's picking okay. it up, I think. Adam's men's number is 11. Yep. All right, so then this will be my men's number. Yep. Okay. What do we got? It took me like 45 minutes to get these stupid balls all squared away. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Okay, what do we got? Six. Oh! <laughs> that's way worse than 11. That's tough. Who knows? <laughs> I hope that the there next two are at least in like the 20s or something. Okay, okay so one more time. This will be for the women's. Yep, Adam. women's rumble. <laughs> oh, one came out. Oop, two came out. All right, we're good. Okay. Ship. <laughs> if you want to hear more of Sarah and the shitballs comments, listen to it. Hold, Hold on, on let, let me, me tell, tell it. it. 28. Oh, that's that might his be lucky money. number. That's my lucky number. Okay. I really like that, though, too, because now we have a lot of anticipation. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm excited about that. For Don't drop the ball, Sarah. <laughs> I'm hoping for a, a low women's. I'm hoping for a high number. Four. Oh, oh my God. Rolling in my six, folks. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be an interesting am, uh, year. Yeah, this is going to be this is gonna be exciting. <laughs> to be fair, you won t- You got Zia Lee, and we didn't even know who she was one time. So That's true. Now she's a fucking badass. We now didn't she, talk about oh, her. Oh, she kicked ass. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, throw him back in there. All right, well, follow us on the, uh, the old socials. We are at DorksideOTR. Uh, we'll especially be... Posting some stuff around this Royal Rumble season, I'm sure. Um, we need a good sign off, Adam. I don't know what I don't know what you want it to be, but it's it's high time that we do something about that. All right, I can work on that. Um, what if you just said like <laughs> Kane Dewey? <laughs> Hot dog, we got a wiener. <laughs> no, I heard, I heard Cabana on, say that. That was on Van Hilly. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Biting Cabana when they were yeah when they were looking for a catchphrase five <laughs> five was looking for a catchphrase oh my god well thank you guys for listening please join us next week for another episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Bigger than Jesus, and bigger than wrestling, bigger than the Beatles, and bigger than breast implants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
bigger than Jesus, and bigger than wrestling, bigger than the Beatles, and bigger than breast implants. Bigger than guns, bigger than cigarettes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.